Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It was a time where we didn't get hit by a hurricane, but maybe once every five years. And uh, now it's like we're getting three and four hurricanes coming ashore within one year. They kept saying Superstorm Sandy is coming. No one's ever going to be able to replace my 24-year-old daughter who doesn't get to have her life. A friend of mine called said, your house is still standing, but the neighbor's is on fire. So we came back in and we fought it for another day. The voices of Americans telling us all that from increasingly powerful storms to rising floodwaters to devastating fires, the climate crisis isn't coming, it's already here. Hello, everyone. I'm CNN political reporter Mia Malika Henderson, and welcome to Politically Sound. So those are just some of the examples of how the climate crisis is affecting everyday Americans across the country. But each new day brings new changes and new disasters. And the science on this is crystal clear. We're running out of time. Now with his COVID relief bill in the rearview mirror, President Biden is turning to this crisis with urgency and a massive green infrastructure plan, calling it one of his top priorities. In the year that has passed, all the challenge I spoke about, jobs, an economy, affordable, accessible health care, climate change and the need to root out institutional racism, the need for unity and healing have all become urgent, 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 urgent. So with me today as part of our series on Biden's first 100 days is Jody Freeman, an expert on environmental law who founded the Harvard Law School Environmental and Energy Program. She's going to help explain to us Biden's climate promises, his plans, and potential shortcomings. So it's time to tune out the noise and tune in to what's politically sound. So I'm Jody Freeman. I'm a law professor at Harvard Law School, and I'm an expert on environmental law, climate law, and federal government regulation. Jody also served as counselor for energy and climate change in the Obama White House, which makes her the perfect person to talk to us about Biden's climate change plans. But first, she told us why Americans should care about climate policy right now in the middle of an economic slump and a global pandemic. If you were making the case for putting climate change high on the priority list, even with the pandemic recovery being so important and even with the economic recovery being so important, you would say that climate change presents a serious threat to our national security, to our economy, and to our public well-being. And you would say that you can't sideline it for a period of time because we're already behind addressing it. And what you'd say is you've got to embed climate change in your plan to bring the country back. 
It's a whole of government approach, put climate change at the center of our domestic, national security and foreign policy. And the president signed two very important executive orders launching this climate policy. So the first thing to note is they have articulated a goal of decarbonizing the electricity sector. So that's being totally free of fossil fuels for our electricity by 2035. They also announced the goal of net zero emissions, that is net zero greenhouse gas emissions for the U.S. economy by 2050. The president signed two very sweeping orders that tell the agencies of the federal government, like the EPA, to go back and set climate regulations for controlling greenhouse gas emissions across different sectors of the economy. These are all rules that Trump rolled back. And the executive orders under Biden say, let's go back and restore those regulations to try to cut carbon pollution. Many of President Biden's early actions have been aimed at rolling back his predecessor's policies. And, as Jody explained, that is both the high-profile decisions as well as some lesser-known but no less important moves. One of the most important and high-profile steps that President Biden took right away was to announce that the United States would rejoin the Paris Agreement. The Paris Accords are an international agreement among nearly 200 nations to combat climate change. But beyond rejoining the Paris Agreement, Biden has also taken action you may not have noticed. There are a number of other less visible steps, less visible rules or policies that Trump unraveled that the Biden administration is actually trying to replace and strengthen. So a couple of examples. One is the rules about cars, clean cars. Um, Trump unraveled the historic fuel efficiency standards that Obama put in place. The goal there was to double fuel efficiency of the U.S. fleet by 2025, and Trump had weakened them. So the Obama administration started this process, and what President Biden has done is say, EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, go back and make sure we have strong enough standards for our cars and trucks so that we're making progress reducing greenhouse gases from transportation. The other rule that the Biden administration has prioritized is putting back in place standards for oil and gas operations, which leak methane as they produce oil and gas. And those are the kinds of rules that the Biden team has said to the agencies, we want you to go back and make sure we have adequate rules in place. Biden also took action on some of the highest-profile environmental fights. They revoked the permit for the Keystone Pipeline. This is a very symbolic move. They also revoked the opening of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to oil and gas drilling. A very symbolic move. And they've paused leasing of public lands and waters for more oil and gas development. But that is just a pause while they study the environmental impacts. The rollback of the Keystone XL natural gas pipeline has been especially controversial. The company that operates the Keystone pipeline estimates thousands of workers will be laid off due to the executive action. And workers across the oil and gas industry are concerned about the impact further action could have on their livelihoods. Here's what one worker, Steve Gray from Gillette, Wyoming, told CNN in a voicemail about his biggest fear after Biden's election. I feel sorry for all the people that are in the industry of oil and gas, coal, because we are all going to lose our jobs. And everybody in this town is afraid that it's going to become a ghost town because of what Biden wants to do. The Biden administration has stressed their plan is to retrain workers, but that may be easier said than done. 
So we asked Jody about whether or not the Biden plan will be able to prevent people like Steve from feeling the pain of losing their jobs. The bottom line is that the administration believes that any jobs lost will be balanced by new jobs created by investing in clean energy technologies. So it's not that there will be no pain to this transition to cleaner energy, but what they're saying, what they believe, and what they're investing in is the new jobs with solar and wind production, many of which can be cited on public lands. Those are good, potentially, union jobs. That's the argument they're making. And to back it up as part of the executive order that President Biden signed on climate change, they're creating a task force to look at what communities need when they need to transition from being oil and gas dependent. And in addition to the loss of jobs, these executive orders have also faced criticism from Republicans for bypassing Congress. In fact, 12 Republican state attorneys general have sued President Biden over his first climate executive order, saying it infringed on Congress's constitutional authority to regulate. As Jody explained, this just highlights the difficulty of climate action through executive order. So if you want to deal comprehensively with the climate problem, you need a new law that will authorize you to do something like, say, establish a carbon tax or put a national cap economy-wide on our GHG emissions, our greenhouse gas emissions. That would be most efficient, right? A brand new climate law out of Congress. But what Biden can do is do pieces of things, right? Make progress using the tools that he's got. He can issue climate rules for the transport sector, climate rules for the power sector, climate rules for the oil and gas sector. But what he can't do and what we need Congress for is a big, sweeping, ambitious new approach economy-wide to capping our greenhouse gas emissions and bringing us into alignment with the most ambitious goals that Biden has laid out. For that level of achievement. I think we need the Congress. But working with Congress on climate will be incredibly difficult. West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, the key swing vote in the Senate and the chair of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee, said in an interview with Axios that he wouldn't vote to support a climate and infrastructure bill if Democrats didn't work with Republicans on it. I'm not going to do it through reconciliation. I don't subscribe to that, and I am not going to get on a bill that cuts them out. So the big question is whether Biden's policies could make a lasting impact without engaging Congress. It's not going to be easy to get something like, for example, the Green New Deal through the United States Congress. Now, can we do smaller things? Maybe. But what you see developing is this tension between what a president can do on his own, essentially, using the laws on the books, most of which are old, most of which don't address current contemporary 21st century problems. And I think with a 50-50 Congress and with people like Joe Manchin, who have a very important role to play, it's going to be hard to do something sweeping right away about climate policy. When we come back, we're going to look at one very real example we saw recently when the climate crisis and the country's infrastructure problems collided. Stay with us. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. 
Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support, your sleep number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. Last month, Texas experienced a devastating winter storm that crippled their power infrastructure. In addition to hundreds of lost homes, thousands of people were left without heat or electricity. Skip Goldman, a music producer from Port Arthur, Texas, was one of the people affected. We experienced a situation where it got so cold and so bad to where the pipes bust, water started coming through the walls. Uh, so we had to stay in the hotel for probably about a week and a half to two weeks. And uh, we ultimately ended up just having to, to relocate, move into a whole nother different house. We asked Jody how climate and infrastructure are linked and how Biden's infrastructure proposal could prevent another similar disaster. The biggest impact could be from an infrastructure bill, which Congress has said that it's interested in and which I think is likely to move. I think the Texas disaster, which resulted from a polar vortex causing very low temperatures across the middle of the country, and it led to a surge in demand for natural gas, and for a variety of reasons that have to do with Texas's design of its electricity system and its electricity market, terrible as that was, there is one feature of it that lends itself to this moment in climate policy, which is it suggests you need to fortify your infrastructure and make sure it's resilient. It's sort of like needing to future-proof your electricity system. And I think Texas highlighted the need for more investment. That will help the argument in Congress that we need to invest in our infrastructure, that it's crumbling around us and failing around us. And I think there's going to be a lot of support for clean technologies as part of that package. The devastation in Texas also highlighted how oftentimes climate disasters are felt the most by disadvantaged Americans. We spoke with Hilton Kelly, who's the founder and director of the Community Empower and Development Association in Port Arthur, Texas, about what environmental racism actually is and what its effects are. Not having access to being able to move, having to live next to huge industries that dump out tons and tons of legal and illegal pollution, which is well noted that many of these toxins impact the human body. And disproportionately, it's black and brown people that live in these areas. We saw one aspect of the president's commitment to environmental justice this week when the Senate confirmed Michael Regan as the first black man to lead the EPA. We will move with a sense of urgency on climate change. And we will stand up for environmental justice and equity. 
For the first time, I think environmental justice has achieved a kind of political prominence, and you see it reflected in President Biden's new executive order. So, for example, the administration has created new environmental justice bodies within the agencies, within the EPA, within Health and Human Services, and even within the White House to make sure there's a voice for environmental justice in all of these decisions that are being made. So there's a new focus. It's being elevated in the discussions about policy. The other thing they've done in the executive order is to prioritize reinvestment in these low-income black and brown communities that have historically been hardest hit by environmental problems. And they created something called the Justice 40 program, where they want to direct at least 40% of the proceeds of the investments in these areas, energy and climate areas, into these communities. But across the country, those environmental problems are already happening. Skip, who we heard from earlier, described what it was like growing up next to an oil refinery and the impact that had on his community. It's hard to breathe, you know. Uh, you feel it in the throat, you know. A lot of people die with, with cancerous-related uh, activity because of what they're doing here and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, they've been here ever since I've been born, so... Yeah, we've been breathing that in for a long time, long time. I got family members that have passed and all that. According to a Princeton study, African-Americans are 75% more likely than white Americans to live in communities close to commercial facilities that produce pollution. If one nation or the other ignores this and doesn't join together to try to resolve this problem, we're all going to see these profoundly catastrophic changes take place. Everybody has to be part of this. No one nation can do this alone. That whole-of-government approach also extends to foreign policy, where President Biden named former Secretary of State John Kerry his global climate envoy. Just this week, Kerry traveled to Europe for a climate summit. That's one example of how Biden's foreign policy is a key part of his strategy to tackle the crisis. So I think the Biden administration has made very clear, the president has personally made very clear that he wants the United States back in a leadership posture for international climate negotiations. And the next meeting of the parties to the Paris Agreement is next fall in Glasgow, Scotland. But before that, Biden has pledged to host a meeting, a high-level summit here in the U.S. of the major economies to talk about climate in advance of that international meeting. And that's, I think, where we will see the U.S. unveil the pledge that it's prepared to make to go into the next round of the Paris Agreement. And I think the United States wants to be leading and partnering with China because that is how the Paris Agreement got signed in the first place, is that President Xi and President Obama got that agreement over the finish line. You know, in some sense, the climate problem is a U.S.-China problem. We together produce over 40% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. If the U.S. and China lock arms and lead on climate policy, the rest of the world will follow. But Biden understands that the U.S. has to now show its good faith by getting back into the arena. This is one area where the two countries can cooperate. We have a very complicated relationship with China. We have conflict over trade. We have conflict over their authoritarian system versus our democracy, conflict over intellectual property, and the list goes on. But the one potential bright spot is that they may have agreements on climate and energy that can help smooth the relationship a little bit. 
And while Biden is truly re-engaging on the world stage when it comes to climate and has very progressive policies, that doesn't mean there hasn't been criticism. This is what climate activist Greta Thunberg said about Biden's performance so far earlier this week. Then you can clearly see that, no, it's not nearly enough in line with the science. I would just like him to, I mean, to basically just treat the climate crisis like a crisis. Uh, They have said themselves that this is an existential threat and uh, they better treat it accordingly, uh, which they are not. But Jody came to President Biden's defense. I think what I'd say about this administration so far is it's been about as ambitious as you could imagine being in the United States political context. I mean, he is already the most ambitious president on climate change yet, and Biden is really doubling down on this strategy. So uh, far from faulting the president, I think he's really set out something to be admired. The question now is implementation. What exactly can be accomplished using the federal government without a new law from Congress? And I think what we're going to see is people holding the administration's feet to the fire, as it should be. But I think we shouldn't criticize them quite yet. Let's give them a little more than a month uh, to try to get these policies implemented. But criticism is always quick in this divided America. And as our new CNN poll this week found, reactions to Biden's handling of the environment are pretty divided, with 50 percent approving and 41 percent disapproving. It's become a kind of cultural divide over climate change, right? If the other team is for it, then your team is against it, right? If you're for it, the other team's against it. And so it's stopped being a scientific issue. It's even stopped being a rational issue. I think the answer to how to reach across the divide we see is to speak in terms that matters to the different communities and constituencies across the United States. So there are lots of communities in which wind power and solar power will bring them economic development. There are lots of communities that have invested already in renewable energy, not because they care particularly about climate change, but because it's the right move for their local economies. And that's how we have to talk about this. Our thanks to Professor Jody Friedman for helping us to understand all of this. That's it for this week's episode of Politically Sound. Thanks for listening. If you could please take a few minutes to give us a rating and a review. And if you're listening for the first time, don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you get our latest episode each week delivered right to you. Politically Sound is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Will Cadigan and Mimi Mutesa. Haley Thomas is our senior producer. Raj Makija is the senior production manager. And Francisco Monroy is our engineer. David Toledo is the team's production assistant. The executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. We'll see y'all next week. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.